A lot of people think that in business, being for purpose means that you can't be for profit, that a business has to choose between the two. Caroline from Cloth Co proves that you can have the best of both worlds. For over six years, Cloth Co has been operating a successful business whilst also making the world a better place. Tune in to find out how. So tell us a bit about Caroline and Cloth Co. Okay, um, so I worked in branding and design as a creative director for most of my career. Okay. And then um, I founded Artisans of Fashion in 2011, which was a sideline, but um, I became absolutely enamoured by the communities I was working with across India and Nepal. And at the heart of Artisans of Fashion, which was a social enterprise, um, my mission was to raise awareness of the traditional craft skills and the stunning textiles. And the idea was really to facilitate collaborations with designers yep. and look at how we could bring prosperity to the artisans who, mm. I mean, they live in dire conditions, yep. really. Um, and, you know, bring prosperity to the artisans through the international market. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, so I still do that. Um, yep. That's still... Um, bubbles along because it's my passion um cloth and co was then uh, born out of the work we'd started doing with a number of women's cooperatives um, and self-help groups in india Um, we'd set up some training programs block printing in rural communities Um, we're designing products for the contemporary market so um, empowering these women however they didn't have the market access or the know how to get there and so we felt a level of responsibility but it was also at that point um in fact it was uh daisy who's my daughter yep. um she and i basically decided this was something we wanted to do and we're both passionate about working with these women and we thought well let's build a business that had a higher purpose um okay. so it really came from that um daisy studied international business she's got a master's yep. and with my creative we just thought well let's let's give it a whirl um and it was really to change people we predominantly we felt that we could make a difference um in these people's lives yeah yeah fantastic enough to power you there with a mother-daughter team which is always always exciting oh yeah um and how long has cloth and co been running for now so um 2014 we started cloth and co yeah, yep. but probably, mm-hmm. yeah, 2014, it's it's evolved over time. Um, we've yep. sort of just, you know, navigated through um, the very, various things that we're working on and, yep. you know, being closely connected with the communities, you sort of respond to their needs as well. And, you know, you're constantly questioning what are we doing, how are we doing it, is this actually fundamentally shifting the dial? Uh, yeah. It's... Um, yeah, you've definitely, it's definitely something where you need to be making really conscious decisions, not, yeah, you're, you're working, you're, people's lives are, yeah. are involved and um, you feel responsible. Yeah, no, without doubt. And it's a really humbling story to hear. And one thing we'd like to touch about today is about purpose-driven businesses. And mm. I'd love to hear more about from you, like what is a purpose-driven business and what are the key qualities and why does it matter to you? Um, well, I mean, a purpose-driven business, I guess it's one where the priorities are focused on other outcomes besides profit. Okay. I mean, most people establish a business thinking that, you know, you need to make a profit. Well, you do. I mean, fundamentally yeah. you do. Yeah. But I think 
if the passion and purpose is derived from another source and that you, you know, I, I believe it's in the DNA of the business, it's the why, the reason you exist. And yep. often, well, I imagine it's based on the founder's belief system. So it's it's being able to live out your belief systems and um, business is a powerful way to, yep. you know, invest in doing good and making a difference. Um, okay. And, you know, you can, a business can play a powerful role in changing the lives of people and having a positive impact on the environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a fellow a professor um, from Oxford University and he says, you know, the purpose of a business is to solve the problems of people and planet profitably and not profit from causing problems. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So when, and you think, well, really, this is more relevant today than ever, um, mm. you know, because the, you know, the focus on climate change, biodiversity, sustainability, social consciousness, you yep. know, it, we're all becoming much more aware. You know, I, I think when we first founded Cloth & Co, in some ways, um, you know, those, certainly those topics, words were not, um, you know, they weren't sort of buzzwords that are flying around now that are becoming yep. obviously more than buzzwords. Um, yep. I think, you know, with pandemic, it's given people time to really sort of think, wow, I think that uncertainty is made people question, um, okay. question the role of companies and, you know, in some cases look for people to blame. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of anger about corporate greed uh, mm. You know, people asking why why do, you know companies exist, and you know the the notion of being very clear about why you exist, and you know how you can play a constructive role in society and in the community. I think is okay. becoming more and more important um, yeah. for people. So it's it's not just something that comes from. I mean, I, I wouldn't bother being in a business if it wasn't something that I felt passionate about. Okay. You know. Yep. I mean, yeah, it needs to be intrinsic for you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I think if you spend so much time working, if if it's meaningless or you don't feel like there's some other outcome um, other than profitability, yeah. um, I, I, I don't think there wouldn't be any reward in it for me. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And one thing I saw there, those are all great points. So one thing I wanted to touch on, something you sort of mentioned at the start about, um, with the purpose driven businesses, because what you tend to see a lot nowadays is businesses that aren't for purpose tend to generate a profit, and then in the um, in the back end will donate x x percent to charity, or they'll loan the charity after the fact. Yeah, so it sounds like what you are doing it. It's more so intrinsic and holistic in that. Yes, you know you can sort of donate charity, can partner with social organisations, but you guys want to do it throughout the whole process, not just sort of the the last 2% of profit, you go, okay, yeah, let's give that to Charity X. Yeah, it's really um, interesting. And I think that that was something where big corporations particularly would do this. Um, I mean, mm. gosh, I, I came from a marketing background. Um, yeah. And, you know, you often there'd be someone in marketing that's thinking, oh, wow, you know, we, we want to make a difference. So we want to do something really meaningful, but it would be a CSR thing, you know, and that yeah. obviously became a big thing for corporates to donate a certain percentage of profits to charity. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, you can donate 
but if you're doing a whole lot of harm in the background, you know, yes. you, you know, like a mining company that's just <laughs> um, destroying, you know, defeats the purpose a bit. Well, then it's sort of like I don't know. Sometimes it's a bit like to me. I I, I see that, and I don't want to be too cynical, but it's a little bit going and um, going to church and praying for forgiveness. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. um, it's probably not politically correct to say things like that, but you know, I don't, I, be, I believe people do want to do good, but unfortunately yeah. in the last, probably, you know, it's really only in the last 60 years that this whole sort of corporate greed and the mass production, I mean, the work, it's so such a short period of time in our existence. Yeah. that this is happening. And I think it's more that people have just got onto the treadmill and don't even realise the damage that they're doing or the impact yeah. that it's having. But, okay. you know, human beings are intrinsically good, I, I believe. Yeah. And I agree. And want to do good. Um, but, yeah. But when you're working in a... It's more of a framework, isn't it? When you're working in a framework that you, you don't actually realise until you sort of lift your head up and go, oh, hang on a minute. What am I doing? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, fascinating. And just sort of moving on from, from yep. that sort of key point there, um, in terms of running you know, a purpose-driven business, um, I'd imagine there would be unique challenges compared to sort of not uh, purpose-driven businesses. Can you share some of those in, in running and growing a uh, purpose-driven business? Yeah, look, um, I think, you know, if a, if a business is purely profit-driven or, it, you know, the purpose is an afterthought, then the decision-making tree it, it will be very different because yeah. um you know some of the main challenges that we face uh you know when you measure decisions against your core values and principles and those decisions have a negative financial impact on the business it's you know you you have to be conscious and mindful and you know it's a balancing act uh yeah. to ensure the business remains profitable because I mean, let's face it, if the business is struggling financially, then we're limiting the positive impact that we can have. Mm. Um, okay. Which, I mean, that's absolutely, I believe, you know, uh, that a good profitable business can have a much greater impact than a business that struggles financially and dips its toe in the water yeah. here and there. Um, for us, supporting our suppliers has been a huge challenge during the pandemic. Um, you know, basically we work with marginalised communities, mostly, yep. you know, mostly businesses that have no financial buffer and they certainly don't have any government safety nets. So in many, yeah. you know, in many ways we've had to navigate their business challenges with them as well as our yeah. own immediate challenges. Um, we've had large sums of money tied up with production that has been delayed for months. Um, okay. So we've had, really had to pivot our business to ensure we get through this period so we can continue to support our suppliers and artisan groups. And, and sorry to cut you off there, right. Caroline. For, for lack of a better word, um, would you say you almost take on the burden of some of their problems in their countries, you know, being in Australia, being in a more, tend to be in a more privileged position? Mm -hmm. um, again, I don't use the, I don't, I don't technically mean the word burden, but do you, do you see where I come from? Maybe you might take on their, their challenges and add them to your challenges basket? 100%. Sort of a, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, our relationship is pretty much, you know, we collaborate with our makers. I mean, they, they're running yeah. their own businesses and that's important too, that they have that responsibility and accountability. But, but we're taking a risk. You yep. know, if anything goes wrong, we actually wear the costs. 
you know, okay. we work through it with them and we obviously, you know, but whether it's a loss in time or lack of product or, you know, the actual cost of the goods, I mean, and then I think you need to be really innovative and flexible. Um, and then I spent a lot of time trying to preempt what could go wrong and, and try and try to mitigate it for everyone's sake, you know, and yeah. many conversations with people saying, you know, there, there's this risk, what you need yep. to do, you need to flag it, um, any problems. Don't feel that you can't tell me that there's an issue because if I know early, there's a good chance that I can, you know, help us navigate through that, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I know what my tolerance levels are and what we can, how we can manage another outcome. I mean, we've turned throws into scarves, we've turned, we've overdyed mm -hmm. things, you know, there, there are, okay. there's always a, a way around these things, mm -hmm. but yeah. usually it's because you don't know until after the fact that it's really, <laughs> that's when it really yeah. becomes a problem. But, you know, sure. um, look, but for us, you know, we've actually built some really strong relationships with our customers. Um, they've in turn supported us through these challenging times as well. Um, okay. You know, I think we've tried, one of the things that we do is in the same way that we say to our suppliers, you need to talk to us. We try really hard to keep, our customers informed in this yep. for the same reason because sometimes it, it's, it's more frustrating not knowing I think okay. um, yeah yeah so I I think that um, yeah I think that's probably one of our greatest challenges in, in being purpose-driven and mindful of the people that we work with the impact on yeah. everybody through this through the chain and we yeah. we're constantly explaining that too it's not just about us we need to do the right thing by our customers and explaining because i think when there's a disconnect between the um artisan or the supplier or the maker and the end customer they don't understand and so i'm always saying to them we're all links in this chain and we're all responsible for each other. And if we all thrive and prosper, then that's the end game. That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah, everybody everybody wins, which is, which is what we want. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, in terms of now, um, you know, seeing a rise, especially like you mentioned uh, in recent times, of a lot more social movements, whether it be for climate change, poverty, inequality, yeah. uh, recently Black Lives Matter. Um, but sort of how, how can business be a catalyst for change in the significant global issues we're facing? And probably the most pertinent one at this stage is climate change, but happy for you to go down any other um, sort of movements in that regard. Yeah, look, I mean, I think, it, look, it's without a doubt that businesses have the capacity to influence positive change. I mean, more yep. so, I mean, collectively, we as individuals, um, you know, are a powerful force. If we and yep. more and more people are becoming, you know, active in this space, but I think what a business does is um, can influence that because of their actions. So through supply chain, uh, through social media, through having a, a louder voice and um, number of influences, I think that um, businesses and the decisions that we make. So it's more about, you know, that not just by not harming, but to actually set out to do good. And, you know, if by virtue of doing business, 
there is any negative impact, also looking at ways to offset this. Um, okay. You know, for us in the garment sector, where, you know, making clothes, clothes is hugely important to, you know, economies of developing countries, um, you know, mm. with factories providing jobs for millions of people. Um, there are brands obviously out there exploiting workers and being complicit in this and, you know, working with sweatshops, which that's, you know, that's what we're all hearing about now, um, you know, in order to increase their profits. But um, I think there are so many ways, well, that you can actually change that circumstance. You know, what we should be doing is ensuring that we treat the people with the same level of respect and support that we would, that we would expect. I mean, I think that's as good a measure as you'll get. Um, you know, yeah. and therefore providing dignified employment and respectable income, making sure that the work they, you know, that you as a business work closely with your suppliers to ensure the source of the fibres, the fabrics, all the materials and dyes that go into your products. Um, you need yeah. to, you really, that's one thing, you, you just need to continually ask questions. Um, yeah. You know, obviously there's certifications, but when you work in, the artisan sector, artisans can't afford certifications. You know, that's a corporate thing. You know, or that in itself is very difficult for rural artisan communities. Yeah, it's far too expensive. Well, it is. And, you know, yeah. some of the communities we work with, these are Indigenous skills and they've been harvesting their silkworms, for example. I work very closely with a community in Assam. That's what they do. It's 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 been part of their culture um, for generations and generations, and for them to be certified, I mean, for that that is just it, it's. I hope that being able to be transparent and actually show from seed to stitch that these yeah. people can actually, um, you know, not have to get caught up in that. Uh, you know, whole mm. sort of corporatizing, um, yeah, sustainability and ethics. But I mean, yeah. they certainly do have a place, though. I mean, I'm I'm an advocate at one level, but when it comes to the artisan yeah. sector, I think it's very difficult. Um, yeah, that's that is a challenge. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, for environmental yeah. impact, you know, I think we need to look look to ways that you can not only minimise the harm, but also how you can invest in innovative ways to recycle, reuse, regenerate, um, source alternative materials and, you know, offset any harm through carbon offset programs, um, which is, you know, something we do. People often sort of say, oh, but why do you, you know, you're importing from India. Well, the thing was that our whole, the, the whole purpose of our business from the get-go was to actually work with these communities. And so, yes, we do import from India. So we do, um, we've partnered with Offset Earth um, yeah. for our carbon offset and mm -hmm. we plant a tree for every purchase. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no, yeah that's fantastic, um, Caroline. And one thing that sort of really struck me there is that you know, one thing that a lot of people don't tend to realise is that you can do good and have a good business at the same time. Some people think that it's like it's one or the other. You can either have a, a business that is, you know, for profit, but then it can't really be for purpose. Whereas it seems like here you can be for profit, for purpose, 
and sort of have that um, sort of winning approach everyone. It's like, you know, business isn't a zero-sum game, uh, which is, I guess, is like this sort of epiphany I've had sort of working with Stride and changing other people that, you know, what I do and sort of the purposes of Stride. And I dare say it's probably a similar uh, feeling you've had to other people. And maybe you had those um, thoughts in the past where, yeah, maybe it was a bit more of a zero-sum game, but um, I think Clock & Co is a beautiful example of, you know, it can be a, what's it, what would be the opposite of zero-sum game? A, it's, uh, wholesome game. Yeah, look, it's absolutely. It, it it look. It has evolved, and yeah, I've had to go through that whole thought process myself. I mean, actually, when I first started out with artisans of fashion, it almost felt like profitability was a dirty word, you know, and yeah. you know that you couldn't possibly profit from working with these communities. And really, I, I mean, gosh, you learn so much when you're in business and when you do actually recognise. And now I sort of think, gosh, um, how could you have really thought otherwise? Of course, everybody should benefit. It should be win-win. And profitability across, you know, right through the, the line is essential. It's what keep, it, it yeah. keeps economies going. We want these communities. We want these people in developing countries we want those people to thrive and and they should yeah. have pride in their work and they should turn up to work and, and, and enjoy what they do. You know, that's yeah. not just a privilege for people, for us to have that choice to enjoy our work. Yeah. That should be, it should be universal. I know that sort of seems mm. utopic, but that, you know, so much has happened in the last 60 years, as I said. So I, I don't see why that can't change and that's where businesses can mm. influence that outcome yeah fantastic i couldn't agree with you more um in that regard and just in terms of uh, sort of work towards wrapping up with our last mm-hmm. question now uh what are the key drivers for cloth and co as a business and how do they impact the day-to-day operations um of cloth and co yeah um okay well <laughs> uh the key drivers for us are obviously to have a positive social impact um yep to, you know, and it was always from the outset, to provide ongoing employment, support cooperatives and businesses that provide training most specifically for women, which is a big focus of ours, um, so that they have a future beyond today and that they're employable as skilled workers as opposed to doing backbreaking or meaningless labour, which generally speaking, that's that's what happens. Um, So, you know... That's our key priority, uh, obviously, to create quality products that are timeless and long-lasting. If You know, if you're yep. going to produce a T-shirt, it needs to last. It needs to have an impact on the people that produce it, um, you know, right from the source of the cotton. Um, yep. And then we like to think our products are doing good. They're tactile, natural fibres that have been produced with care. Um, they make people yep. feel good about wearing them. And ultimately, yep. we're providing positive options for our customers and doing good for both the people and we work with and the environment. You know, this impacts our day-to-day yeah. operations because, you know, we have to be constantly ensuring we're living up to our own expectations, responding to issues yep. and challenges in a mindful and considered way, understanding the impact we're having on every touch point and person we're connect- connected yeah. with, ensuring the best outcome all around. No, I wish more businesses had these KPIs because they're ones you don't have to hear too often. Um, really humbling to hear, um, you know, the customer obsession and 
um, just how conscious you're, you're – I don't know whether you call them KPIs per se, but um, you mentioned that you, these are the key drivers for you. So, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, they are, I, I guess, you know, in traditional terms, they're KPIs, but I, I liken the business to just being, you know, I, I, it's very personal for us. Um, yep. And I think that, yes, we've had to apply business rules and frameworks um, certainly it's something that you have to do yeah. but on a basic level they're the thing they're actually personal belief systems for us you know that yeah you know why do we, why do we do it okay. why do we why why do we do this and yeah what it mean, means yeah. to us yeah exactly and I think it all comes back to what you first said at the start about how you, you know you can only do something and run your own business be passionate about it and just how intrinsic Cloth & Co is so I guess we've all done a we've done a full circle there and sort of bringing back what you said at the start and connecting it to what you just said at the end there and I think that's sort of a beautiful um, sort of way to finish Caroline and um, was really humbling to hear more about sort of Cloth and Co and your journey and and just how conscious every step that that yourself and Daisy taking the business. Oh, and, thank um, you so yeah, much. Thank you, thank you so today. much. It's been really great to chat with you. No. Okay, no, pleasure, Jordan. Caroline. Thank we'll you. you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you like what you heard, please leave a nice review. And if you have any feedback or want to recommend a guest, and yes, that can include you love yourself, please email me at jordan at stridestore.com.au.